Appreciate the opportunity to be back and um, sure have fell in love with y'all and uh, the church. And I was here last October, I believe it was, and and uh, met some good preachers. And But I really found a friend in your preacher. And uh, I know you love him and don't don't ever take him for granted. God's God gave you a great, great preacher, a man of God, and I appreciate him and uh, all that he's done here in his 40 years. And uh, I tell you, you will turn your head, another 10 will go by, won't it? It's going by fast. I come with two things on my heart, and uh, I normally don't, but uh, I'm gonna, I want to be obedient unto the Lord. Genesis chapter number 21, uh, Genesis chapter 21 when you found it, if we can stand, please, in honor of the reading of the Word. Um, I appreciate you, church. Thank you so greatly for the nice accommodations that you put me in. I appreciate that. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly. Uh, I appreciate it very, very much, and I uh, can't ever repay you. Uh, Genesis chapter 21. Um, Abraham, look at verse 22, if you would, for me, please. And it come to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of the host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now therefore swear unto me here by God that thou wilt deal false, will not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me. And to the land wherein thou hast sojourned, and Abraham said, I will swear. Abraham reproved Abimelech because of the well of water which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Amalek said, I want not who hath done this thing, neither doest thou tell me, neither do I have yet have I heard of it but today. And Abraham took sheep and oxen, gave it to Abimelech, and both of them made a covenant. Abraham set uh, seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What mean these seven ewe lambs which thou hast set by themselves? And he said, For these seven ewe lambs thou shalt take from my hand, that they may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. Therefore, excuse me, wherefore he called the place Beersheba, because they swear both of, the, of them. And thus uh, they made a covenant at Beersheba. Them, then Amalek, I apologize, my reading's not the best in the world. I left my reading glasses. <laughs> you ever done that? Well, you got regular glasses. But anyway, I usually take them off just to read, and I'm sorry I'm stumbling a little bit reading, but that's okay. And uh, it says, And thus made the covenant with Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up, and Phicol, chief captain of the host, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Now, turn to chapter 26. I'm probably not going to preach anything that's not new to you tonight. It may be even be elementary, but God has laid this on our heart for tonight. Look at chapter 26, verse 12. Uh, now, that was Abraham. Now, here alone comes Isaac. And it says in verse 12, And Isaac sowed in the land and received the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. And he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds, great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, and the Philistines had stopped them, filled them with earth. And Bamelech said unto Isaac, Go far from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence and pitched in the tent of the valley Gar and, and uh, Gar, Gar, excuse me, and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. Now Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. The herdsmen of Gar did strive with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, 
The water's ours. And he called the name of the well Essek because of the strove, they strove with him. They digged another well and, and, uh, and uh, strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well. And for, the, for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall find, be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to the Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him and that night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bless thee. Multiply thy seed for thy servant uh, Abraham's sake. And he built, it, built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. There Isaac's servants digged a well. I want to preach this little while on this thought of we need to redig some wells. We need to redig some wells tonight. Let's ask the Lord's help. Father, we do thank you once again for the privilege to be in your house. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be right here tonight. God, it'll never be like this again. Lord, we ask you that as we uh, come before you in prayer, God, that you'll just give us unction and power and uh, fill me with our spirit. God, help me not to be seen and heard tonight, God, but you'll be seen and heard. God, hide us behind this sacred desk. God, if there's somebody here in the sound of our voice that's never been saved, God, help them to realize their lost condition. Help them to realize their need for salvation. God, help them have enough faith here in just a few minutes to get saved. God, we walk the aisle and accept you is by faith. Lord, we think about the ones that maybe come in that uh, uh, sin has broken fellowship. God, they have a relationship with you. God, they're yours, but f- sin has broken that fellowship. God, I pray they'll get that sin uh, out of their life, God, and uh, uh, get it, uh, confess it before you this tonight. God, that they'll restore their fellowship and leave like they once was, walking in fellowship with you day by day. Lord, we think about the other ones that maybe come in. God, we've got wells that maybe that you've, that you've given us. Lord, and we're not just uh, purposely letting them get filled with dirt, God, but over time they've filled up with dirt, God, because we've not used them. God, I pray you'll search our hearts and our lives, God, here tonight. God, help us to realize if there's some well that you've given us that we're not using. God, if the enemy's done filled it up with dirt, God, we'll, we'll redig that well tonight. God, for your honor and glory. God, we ask all these things. God, you will get the honor and glory for it for us in thy name. We do pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Thank you for standing. Now, I want to say the wells that were given to God by Abraham, you say, wait a minute, Abraham dug them. Let me tell you something. Everything that we have, what you have on tonight is given by God to you. Your car is given by God to you. Hey, listen, your house, you say, preacher, I work hard for it. God gives you grace to work, but God has given you those things. I think about the lamb. You know, uh, God's always had a lamb. (laughs) We won't go there. But anyway, hey, listen, God's always provided those things for him. And I want to tell you something here tonight. We have Abraham's physical wells, but I'm going to tell you God has given us some spiritual wells. I know it's Wednesday night. You might be a little tired. I'll preach pretty quick. If you'll hold on to listen, I'll preach uh, pretty little faster than I normally do. That'll be alright. But listen, I want, to, I want to give out what God's given us for tonight. But I want to say, as we look at these things, we see Abraham has physical wells. And for what those physical wells were to Abraham and Isaac, we have some spiritual wells tonight. They are given Given by God to you and I. I want to see that God had given the children what God has given them. Me and Brother Rick, we ought to pass down to our children. What God has given you, we, spiritually speaking, we do with our guns, 
don't we? Hey, how many of these got uh, shotguns in here? I like, I like shotguns. And you want to give something to your boy when you pass on. Hey, why don't we give things to the gospel of the grace of God? Pass these things down as we carry on. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God's not meant for us to hoard these things. But hey, God wants us to pass these wells down as we continue to live our life. First of all, we see these wells are a blessing from God. Number two, they're a benefit from God. I want to say uh, what a blessing it is to be able to draw from these spiritual wells. What a benefit it is from God tonight for you and I to be able to draw from these spiritual wells. Now, the wells had life-giving water in them. As you see and you study, you'll find that that supplied life to the crops. Without the water in the wells, the crops would die. Wouldn't you agree? Hey, listen, without the water in the wells, the livestock would die. Wouldn't you agree? But God in His grace and mercy provided water in a dry and desert land. Hey, God provided water in a wilderness, so to speak. But what is that, preacher? That's the grace of God. Hey, listen, in the middle of Kentucky, hey, right here in Glasgow, God has given you grace in the wilderness. Hey, He's given you what you need to live day by day for Him. Hey, these spiritual wells you and I ought to keep open. We ought not let the enemy put them full of dirt. Now, these wells were substance to human life. If if Abraham hadn't dug these wells, if God hadn't gave these wells to Abraham, Abraham, everything he had would have died. Abraham would eventually would have died because it sustained life. No wells meant death. Hey, I'm telling you now, these spiritual wells that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, hey, God's given them up to you and I tonight. We are to pass them down to the next generation. We ought not let the devil fill up our well with dirt. Hey, listen, we are to go to them and use them tonight. You ought to be able to use them tomorrow night. Hey, you ought to be able to use them Saturday night before something. Amen. Hey, listen, God has given you those wells. You ought to take care of them. And they're without those wells, you know, I'm tell you what's going to happen? You're going to die spiritually. I'll show it to you in just a minute. You hold on by God's grace. The Philistines were an enemy of God. And you know tonight, if you've been saved very long, you know there's an enemy against you tonight. He don't like you. He don't like anything to do with God, God's people. He wants to hey, steal your well. He wants to cover your well up with dirt. He wants to destroy your well. He wants to destroy these things of God. And in some parts of America, he's doing that tonight. Hey, I'm telling you, he is doing that tonight. And it bothers the daylights out of me. But hey, all we can do is just keep pushing forward. I never remember, I remember Dan Truax. You ever heard of Dan Truax? He's a great missionary in Africa. Spent his whole life there. And he'd go around places in a big old banner. He'd say, pushing back the darkness. And that's what we're doing, isn't it? Hey, listen, this church is a light to a lost and died world. Every time your brother, hey, brother Rick gets up here and preaches, hey, he's a preaching the light. Hey, that's what it's about, brother. Hey, listen, when you preach, somebody's going to get saved. God promises his word won't return void. Amen. Now, the Philistines were an enemy of God. They hated God, everyone who followed God. Now, listen, if you just put on your big britches tonight... And let me say that you have an enemy. You're a soldier. You got saved. You're a soldier. And the enemy don't like you. And he don't like the things this church is doing. He don't like evangelism. He don't like your preacher. He don't like your family. If they're saved, he does not like them. Go ahead and figure that up. And he wants to take away from the things that God has given you. He does. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little selfish. I want everything God gives me. <laughs> Amen. I sure do. Hey, the same Philist, same as Philist, excuse me, the same today as it was in Abraham's day. He wants to kill you. He wants to separate you from God's people. 
Let me tell you what he wants to do. He wants to come up to you and whisper something in your ear that so, brother so-and-so said, it ain't even true. And you'll get mad and get bitter and get at the house. What's he done? Separated you from God's people. He wants you to get mad. Hey, if he can't send you to hell, he wants to rob what you got. He does. He sure does. He wants to rob you of your testimony. He wants to rob you of everything you've got. Hey, listen, he desires to ruin your testimony tonight. Hey, if you can't do any of those things, if he can't do any of those things, let me tell you what he'll do. Gradually, he'll fill up your God-given wells with dirt. Gradually. Gradually. Now, I'll go with that in a minute. Let me, uh, that, he's a thief. He desires to destroy God's given wells. Let's move on. Notice number the, the well had a, was a lifeline. They needed water to drink and water to feed the crops and to feed their cattle. And they needed that well for survival. I'm telling you, church, when we get there, you'll see what I'm talking about. We need these spiritual wells to survive tonight. We do, and I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you're not doing it on purpose. Hey, you're not doing this thing because you've gotten mad on God. I'm just saying you get busy in everyday life, and before long, the devil's throwing a little bit of dirt in there. Hey, because you hadn't used that well, and the devil throws a little bit more dirt, and before long, when you go to draw from it, it's covered up. It's not usable anymore. Hey, I'm glad tonight we can go anytime and redig those wells, aren't you? Why? Because God owns them. <laughs> hey, the devil don't own them. God owns them. And we can ask him, say, God, redig this well tonight. Hey, God, help me tonight. God, I need you tonight. Hey, listen, you me tell you what'll happen? You can redig those wells. I sure can. I promise you, you sure can. Notice that. <laughs> oh, listen, as the children of God, there's some of God-given wells that we have to have and we can't survive without them. We can't. There's certain things we must have. Number one, we've got to have bread and water, right? But without water, you can't have bread. Right? These things are essential to our survival we're going to talk about in a minute. And too many Christians are sitting on, and leave, they're sitting on a church pew or they're even leaving church. They're sitting out in the world starving spiritually because the enemy has then come by. Well, preacher, I just don't feel like I once did. I don't, I'm not getting blessed like I once did down at the house of God. I don't get out of the services like I once did. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the problem is. You need to get on an old-fashioned altar and get, hey, get on your knees and ask God to redig those wells. Hey, it's not him. It's not the gospel. It's you. You don't let the devil dig, put dirt in your well. Amen. <laughs> the enemy specializes in putting dirt in your God-given wells. He does. He sure does. I'm, too many Christians are sitting on church pews starving because their well has been filled up with dirt. Don't you blame the preacher. He studies. I've listened to him on YouTube. Preacher's good. Amen. God ever lets me pastor again, I'm going to have him in my church. <laughs> Amen. Sure will. Not because he had me, because he's a good preacher. You know that. So if you're not getting something, hey, you need to you need to have a checkup. That's right. You need to make sure your well's not been covered up. Notice, uh, I want to notice number one the reputation of the wells. I'm on real hard to go through this. The reputation of, there was good stuff that came from it. <laughs> I'm telling you, all of Glasgow knows that good stuff comes from these wells. Amen, they sure do. Hey, grace from God came in these desert land from these wells. Oh, listen, others, uh, only God can bring that. Only bring, God can bring water in the desert. Only God can save an old sinner from Glasgow, Kentucky. Hey, from six miles, South Carolina, only God can save an old sinner. That's right. Praise the Lord. Listen, 
<laughs> I'm going to get happy before it gets over. But hey, listen, I, 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 won't, I won't mind. I, listen, I want my well. Bless God, I, will, I don't want Brother Prophet's well. Listen, my grandpa was a great, great dear. Uh, I think the world of him. I'm saved because of my granddaddy tonight. He, had, he buried his daddy and his 12-year-old boy within six months of one another. And he'd witness to me and he'd, <laughs> he'd say, Son, listen, I, I, I buried my... And he'd talk about that. He'd use that to witness to me. And I, I'd say, oh, I'd think, oh, God, again, Grandpa? Again, Grandpa? Really? I got to listen to this again? Not as disrespectful. I probably was. But you know what? What was Grandpa doing? He was a drawing from that well. I'd see Grandpa out on the... Out in a silver maple tree. Hey, and he'd be reading that Bible. You know what he is doing? He is a drawing from his well. <laughs> oh, I'd see Grandpa on his knees and his, hey, on his easy chair. And you know what happened? He was a drawing from his well. <laughs> I'm telling you, I want my well tonight. God's given me these wells and they belong to Chad. I'm glad you got your own, but you know what? I can't live off your well. I got to have my own. I couldn't live. I learned, Brother Rick. I couldn't learn. I couldn't. I couldn't live off of Grandpa's well. I had to have my own. Notice the responsibility of the wells. Abraham had his own. I won't mind. I didn't mention that. But years later, Isaac found these wells, and you know what the Bible said in chapter twenty-six? They were all covered up with dirt. And Isaac redug what Abraham had dug, had dug, dug once before. You find that in chapter twenty-six, verse eighteen. He named them. Uh, did you know what? Did you catch what he did? He named them the same thing his daddy named them. You know what that tells me? That, I'm not, I don't have a lot of time. I'm gonna anchor on some of these things. I'm just gonna hit them going. It means that hey, that tells me that his, those wells meant a lot to his daddy. But son was taking note. Hey, listen, I've been telling you, Grandpa was a, hey, man, those wells meant a lot to my Grandpa. Hey, listen, but Grandboy was a taking note. <laughs> hey, I was a taking note. Hey, I remember how good Grandpa had drawn from those wells. And you know what? Years later, I got saved, and I started having my own wells. <laughs> and now I know what Grandpa drew from. Hey, I draw from them every day, thank God. You know what? If we're not careful, not because you're negligent, not because you want them to be filled with dirt, I'm just saying if you're not careful, you'll turn your head and the enemy will, t- will start filling it up. Now, God has, God help us to have wells that are so important to us that my kids will take notice. I'm going to say it again. God help us for these wells to be so important to us. I'm going to get to them in a minute that my kids take notice. <laughs> Oh, what's what's so big about that? Well, it meant something to Isaac. Number, I got to move on. Look at verse number three. Look at number third one. Refreshments come from the well. I wanted to preach on Mark chapter five, the one with the issue of blood, but the Lord wouldn't let me. We might get to preach it another time. But you know what? There's some good stuff in there, boy. You don't miss. You miss out of Mark chapter five if you ain't careful. I won't preach it. But now, there's refresh. I'm just saying this simply. When you come to church. This is one of your wells. And you know what? Refreshments come from the well. How many? Hey, raise your hand. How many times you come to God's house feeling lower than a snake's belly? Hey, and you leave the church house saying, Woo, I feel good tonight. Thank God I went to church. I preached somewhere the other day. I was leaving and a boy stood up and started testifying. He said, I almost didn't come, preacher. And if I hadn't came, I'd have missed what God had for me. 
I was so selfish back before God called me to preach. I'm just being honest. Hey, I didn't want to miss church service because God would show up and something would happen. I'd miss it. And you ain't ever going to get it back. That's right. I'm just saying refreshment. Hey, refreshment comes from these wells. How many times you got on your knees and prayed and got up and said, thank you, Lord. Hey, casting all my care upon you because, oh, that's right. Hey, I'm just saying refreshment comes from these wells. How many times you opened up the Bible needing something from God and God says, oh, right there. there." (laughs) Hey, and you say, thank God there's refreshment in these wells. You know what's so good about it? You know it, but all those out there know it too. That's right. There's a reputation and responsibility, the refreshment from the well. Listen, I can't get to heaven on what my grandpas did. I can't get a hold of God on what my grandpa did. They're okay like that. It's okay. I keep hitting it, I think. I can't get on what my grandpa did. I can't do it. You know that, right? You can't either. I'm just saying if you're here tonight, you can't get to heaven on your friends. Hey, you can't get, oh, that's right, what your friends got. Hey, you can't get to heaven on what your mama's got. You can't get to heaven on what your daddy and your grandpa's got. Hey, you've got to go your own way. Hey, that's by grace through faith you're saved. Hey, just by an old-fashioned altar. Hey, God will save you. If he can save Paul, he can save your pastor. He can save me. He can save anybody here tonight. i got to move along. Look at number three. Look at number four. Notice the redigging of these wells. Listen, I'm telling you tonight. Listen, let me tell you what it takes. It takes some action. I'm saying you got to realize and do something about it. If you realize and don't do nothing about it, don't do you no good. Listen, I was lost without God and realized it for about a month or so. Didn't do nothing about it. It wasn't until I took action until God saved me. What do you mean? I didn't walk the pew. I went down to the parsonage with my, my father-in-law pastor 24 years in Mile Creek Baptist Church. And I said, Preacher... Preacher Jim, I said, a lot of people think I'm saved. I'm lost as a goose. I said, I know I made a profession some years ago. I said, it ain't even ever changed. I said, God, the Holy Ghost is drawing me now. I said, God, the Holy Ghost is convicting me. I said, I got to get saved. He took the Bible. We knelt down in that parsonage. He opened up the Bible, and I got saved by the grace of God. I'm just saying, I couldn't get there by my grandpa. I couldn't get there by him. I got to get there by one way, and that's the door. And you've got to go through the door personally. Notice this, the redigging of the wells. Isaac had to... Isaac had... If Isaac had not redug these wells, what would have happened? Y'all, y'all help me here now. What would have happened? If he had, if he'd have had to what, move or he'd have perished, right? Well, can I tell you something? God has given you Bethel Independent Baptist Church. I'm a spitting ain't a preacher. I'll stay this far away, social distance. How about that? God has given you Bethel Independent Baptist Church. Amen. It ain't God's, that's not good English. It's not the Lord's will for you to move. I'm a country boy. Y'all country people? Amen. It ain't God's will for you to move. And it's not God's will for you to perish. Amen. So if Isaac hadn't redone those wells, one of two things would have happened. He had perished and had died or he had had to move. I'm telling you, listen, there's enough Christians moving out into the contemporary way. There's another enough Christians moving out into the other way. Hey, and going home and quitting on God. I'm telling you, hey, God don't want you to quit. God has given you this place. God has given you this place. You're to fight for it. You're to do something about it. You're to redig some wells tonight. Hey, listen, number two, God don't want you to perish. 
God don't want you to die. You know that. God don't want you to die. He wants you to thrive. Oh, listen. <laughs> Many say, oh, mm. God certainly don't want us to die. <laughs> mm. We got enough places dying. Why, preacher? Because they ain't redigging no wells. We must redig these or we're going to spiritually die. What are these wells? Well, I'm glad you asked me. Number one, the wells of salvation. I'm not talking about easy believism. I believe in opening that Bible and showing you how you're saved by grace through faith. Hey, when you get up 10 years later and the devil bothers you, you can go back to that word, hey, and say, devil, listen, hey, I'm saved by grace through faith. I was born again that night according to the word of God. Hey, listen, nothing I did. It was all God. We ought to do that. Hey, we ought to get back to those things. Get back to, hey, well, instead we're easy believers. Raise your hand if things be all right. No, it, hey, I believe in old time Holy Ghost conviction and I believe in old time repentance. Hey, repentance is a big word, but it just means you're living for the devil and I'm tired of it. And I'm going to turn and walk for God. And I'm going to live for God. That's repentance. That's repentance. And saying, God, I'm just an old sinner. Would you come in my heart and save me? Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, listen, what's wrong is we're too prideful. But by the time God the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, you ain't got no pride. Hey, you'll come crawl. I've seen people crawl on their belly down at the altar. That's right. I saw one old fellow in Mile Creek one time. He was <laughs> saved off drugs, but he got, he got saved. He said about half, and he jumped the pews. <coughs> jumped the pews to get saved. Sure did. I'm just saying, when you come to the end of yourself, when, like that happens, I mean, when God gets a hold of you, you'll do something about it. Isaiah 12, 3, Therefore shall joy, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. I'm going to look at it. If you don't mind, Isaiah 12, 3. Don't, you don't have to look at it. I'll read it. Go home and write it down. Isaiah 12, 3. Listen to this. Therefore with joy... <laughs> Oh, and listen, I don't give me a plug nickel for a church member who don't shout her out when somebody gets saved. Look at hey, it says, with, therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. We ought to get back to the term being born again. Amen. Conviction, confession, contrite, showing sincere and being broken. Number two, what's another one, preacher? Hey, I'm just saying simply, we ought to get back to the redigging the well of spirit-filled services. Yeah. You got them here. <laughs> I know. But hey, I'm telling you, everywhere you go, you don't have those spirit-filled services. Oh, listen, I remember a great dear preacher friend of mine used to tell me that a lot of churches are operating outside the Holy Ghost of God. They don't want the power of God anymore. Well, I'm not being ugly, but let's just give a little Sunday school lesson. You know, and listen, I'm not being ugly, preacher. I'm not. But let's give a little Sunday school lesson. Let's don't offend nobody. Can I tell you something? When you come through those doors, if you're lost, you're not going to be comfortable till you get saved. I remember when I was lost, I thought these people are crazy till I got in. Hey, then I realized, hey, it's what's on the inside, okay, man? No, listen. <laughs> I'm t- listen, I'm telling you, we got enough head-to-head preaching. Hey, we need some heart-to-heart preaching, and it'll stir up the people of God. And listen, you and I ought to have some spirit filled. We've had them. I've been here when you had them. Hey, what's wrong with that? What we want to do is take the power of God and salvation out. That's right. It's all in the Bible. You don't have to preach as crazy as I do. I'm just saying, hey, where's the power of God? Spirit-filled services. When God moves in, people are going to shout. People are going to recognize when God comes. 
Hey, we have so many programs, God's not <laughs> programmed in one of them. Hey, I'm just saying, we ought to let the God, the Holy Ghost, take over. Hey, and have spirit-filled service. I'm not, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know that. I know that. Amen. Y'all do. But everywhere I go, it's not like that. Number three, we're to have the wells of Scripture. Listen, what do you mean, preacher? Well, what's wrong with this Bible? Nothing. King James Bible is an English-speaking... Amen, that's God's Word. Why do I need anything else? Amen, it works. There's been no revival. There's ever been outside the King James or the texture, the bloodline which it came from. People lost their families. Tell me it's wrong. Tell me that's right and this is wrong. People lost their families, their daughters, their lives for standing on this word. I'm telling you, what's wrong with getting back to the wells of Scripture, the real word of God? Hey, preaching the Scriptures. Hey, just preach. And lastly tonight, I'll be done. The wells of supplication. This is probably where most folks may slip up a little. I'm just talking about simple, I'm just talking about prayer. How long has it been since you spent some time alone with God in prayer? I'm not talking about prayer room. Now, can I t- I'm not going to be disrespectful, but I want to show you an illustration with this, with this book. Is that okay if I put it on the floor? We're doing what's right right now. You write down the line. Praise the Lord for a good preacher, good pastor. And I know he's not ever going to change. But I'm telling you, there are some churches that this is happening to. And what will happen is, you know what, preacher, we're missing a few people. Now what, what happens is we're over here. This is how subtle it works. It don't come in with a great big movement. It just comes in with changing a little here and changing a little there and changing a little there. Before you know it, you're singing contemporary music. Hey, listen, you, nobody's preaching anymore. We'll have, you know, we're trying to please everybody. What's wrong, what's wrong with, what's wrong with maybe, maybe just doing this every now and then, you know? Maybe, preacher, you know, people like, our attendance are down or whatever, you know? You know, just let's change a little something. And before you know it, it just... Before you know it, it's just, I know this is a silly illustration. Before you know it, it's just so subtle. You're over here where you ought to be. Now you're over there where you have no business being. Singing songs you have no business. Amen. There, listen, I got in the old-fashioned way. It ain't broke. It won't ever be broke. Hey, amen. It won't ever be broke. That's right. I got in the old-fashioned way. And I'm going to keep preaching the old-fashioned way. As long as God gives me breath to breathe. Mm. Listen, I'm telling you. I'm going to give you an illustration. Prayer works. Prayer works. And you know that. Never forget the church I pastored before I went in evangelism. I got there and we was landlocked. And I don't like to say anything about my church or anything like that, but we were landlocked. And what happened is I'd go back out there and look at that land. We needed that land, preacher. We weren't going to grow. And the people would say, preacher, you need to get your eyes off that land. He won't ever sell it. He's going to give it to his grandchildren. And I'd think, he don't know my God. And I'd do it another month to go by, and they'd see me out there, and they'd tell me the same thing. About three or four times that happened to me. Well, about a year went by, and God says, go, go pray over it. So I said, church, listen, when we're done here the, to this morning, we're going to all, listen, we, got, we need some land we need to build. And hey, listen, without the land, we're not going to be able to build. 
And I said, hey, listen, today we're going to go out there and we're going to ask God to give us that land. You know how many people followed me? It was embarrassing, brother. Probably about 15 out of 100. The other ones were standing far back. And I know they might not have seen anything like that. I've been a part of stuff like that before. I mean, see, that's what the problem is. We don't believe God can do anything anymore. What the problem is. See, they didn't told me, don't worry about preaching. Then it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. And we prayed over that thing once or twice, and you know what happened? About six months went by, God says, put some feet with your prayers. So I looked up the taxes, found out where that man lived, went over there and knocked on his door. Wife came to the door. I said, ma'am, I'm so-and-so from Calvary Baptist Church and travel the rest. I said, would you? I said, I'm Chad Watson. I said, would you? I'm the pastor there. I said, you have some land behind our church, six something, seven acres. I said, would you consider, would your husband consider, I didn't ask her that, I asked to speak to her husband, I'm sorry. But anyway, I didn't ask her that, I said, I'm going to speak to your husband. He wasn't there, so he calls me, and, we, and I asked him if he'd sell it. He said, yeah, I'll sell it. Amen. That might not be nothing to y'all, but you know, how, this, I, was, I had to repent a couple times, preacher. Because one Sunday to go by and God say, remind them of what I did back there. <laughs> so I'd get preaching God can or whatever you know hey God can do over and beyond what we can imagine hey God can do it God gave that to us and I, and I knew we weren't going to give it to us he's going to give it to us at a good price I knew that you know how God you know and uh, so he gave it to us about a third of what it was worth he wanted us to pay for it I mean he did sometimes he wants you to pay for stuff Amen. Sometimes they give it to you for free. But that was a bill of faith for us to pay for it. And I knew that. Hey, and I thank God for it. Hey, every now and then I'd get up and remind the church how good God was. Hey, and God can do that. He can save your lost loved ones. Hey, and God can do anything. Hey, I'm telling you about it. We ought to get back to praying. If I hadn't prayed, we hadn't prayed, preacher. God wouldn't have gave it. Listen, I'm asking you tonight. Now, I know I'm talking to the cream of the crop. I know that. I know that. You're a good church. I know that. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thank God. I'd rather preach on something shouting out a little bit. But how many here have wells? And it might not even been something I mentioned. It may be the sacrificial altar. Listen, I'm gonna tell you, you need a this is God's place for you to do business. You can do business in the pew, but not like you can down here. <laughs> hey, that's right. Hey, we're getting away from the altar. I'm telling you, I know. Ask Brother Eddie. Hey, I'm telling you, we're getting away from the altar. It's a place of death, sacrificial death on the altar. You better have one at the house. How many here not? Not on purpose. But you can think about some wells that you once drew from. But you're not drawing from them anymore. You once did this, preacher, but I don't do it no more. Could it be that the devil's just silently just threw a little bit of dirt in there? Threw a little bit of dirt in there. Maybe you need to redig some of those tonight. Maybe you're hearing, you say, preacher, there's something else God might have spoke to you about. I'm not trying to get everybody to the altar. I just, I just want to help you tonight. If I'm not a good, if I can't be a help to you, what good am I? God knows my heart. I'm not here for a show. I'm here to help somebody. And God can do it. How many here tonight has got wells that's been covered up? Say, so preach what I do. If you're, if you're drawn out of God, God drawn out of you. And God will get them wells open. He gave them to you anyway. 
<laughs> he's got a big auger. He'll pick down there and he'll dig that dirt up and he'll get it out. Amen. He sure will. He can. Preacher, you mean to them? God, can, I, can we stand on our feet just a second if it's okay? I, want, I feel led by the Lord to do this. Is, preacher, you come on. If you don't mind, come with the invitation. I just, if you don't mind, just come on with the invitation. I just want to say this before. We'll come with music if you don't mind, please. That'd be great. I'm just going to say this now. Hush, preacher. Sure. Thank you for your opportunity, preacher, to be in your pulpit. I don't want to take advantage of him, but I do feel led of the Lord to do this. Listen, the most important thing here tonight is to know you're saved. If you don't know for sure that if you go home, get in your car and, and have a car accident, if you don't know for sure that, that if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven. God wants to save you tonight. God will save you tonight. There's nobody looking around. I'm the only one looking around. I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not coming to you. I'm not coming to you. I'm not going to call you out. But maybe God has spoken to your heart and you say, Preacher, if I died, I, God's spoken to my heart. He's been dealing with me. Or maybe God, I don't know for sure. Whatever. I'm not coming to you. I just want to pray for you. And I'm not going to pray for you out loud. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe somebody here say, Preacher, God's been dealing with me. If I, if I don't know for sure, if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Can I tell you now, you need to make sure. need to make sure. That's the most important thing. If God has dealt with your heart, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe tonight, about getting saved, would you slip up your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm lost. I need to be saved. Anybody in the church house? Say, Preacher, pray for me. Anybody in the church house? Listen, God already knows. Did you know that? I just want to pray for you. Anybody slip up your hand and say, just be truthful and honest with the Lord. Say, pray for me, preacher. All right. This is the last part. How many tonight is here and God's spoken to your heart and you need to listen? It does you no good to know. God, take action. What you going to do about your well that's covered up with water? Covered up with earth, excuse me. What you going to do? You going to leave it stopped up? You going to do something about it tonight? Amen. Preacher. You need to come pray. You come pray tonight. Preacher's already give you an invitation there, and you're welcome to come. If you need to, if your heart's not right with the Lord, it's a good message, good time to get right with the Lord. I want you to come tonight.